Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Lou Cohen. Hello, Swamp Nation. Hello to you, Oliver Davis. Welcome back uh, to the podcast land, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. It's our first episode in over a week because you have been very under the weather mm, yeah well it's not just under the weather i think i could have come in if it was anything else but it was specifically my voice that was affected yeah uh, because i couldn't actually talk when i if i could talk it sounded like this very monotone <laughs> yeah, croak yeah. and uh and then it was just coughing. All it was the time. just, and it was just pretty disgusting. And mm. uh, you'll probably notice in this episode. I think you talk about it a little bit at the start so when we actually get into the podcast, the meat of the podcast. But um, it's a bit choppy at times. The uh, the sound, and that's only because we had to keep pausing while you coughed mid sentence, mm-hmm. and then we tried to kind of stick like Frankenstein it back together. Yeah, it was it was a Frankencast. <laughs> so uh, we're only going to do one review and get into the the podcast meat uh, pretty quickly because. Like I said, I don't want to cough all over your ears again. But uh, first up from TF2K Sports. <coughs> what? Oh, there we go. You read it. Uh, from TF2K Sports, who writes, I hate podcasts, but not this one. This is... Oh, there's more to, to read. Hold on. Let me... Uh... Okay, now it's ready. This is such a good podcast that I got myself on attendance report by being late to school just because I wouldn't leave without having this downloaded. This was the first podcast that I listened to and the only because the others don't keep me entertained as Ollie and Luke do. Very funny and factual that having my own sports YouTube... Oh, hang on, he's just... Uh... Nope, I'm not plugging that. Mm. Inspired me to branch out to the channel into wrestling. Keep up the good work. Drive to five. By the time you read this, I hope you reach that because you deserve all the success. Sorry I didn't give you a plug, although TF. I suppose we kind of did by saying your name. Um, yeah. Thank you, Sporty. Yeah, you got to pay for that sort of thing on this. This is premium content. I mean, uh, we're going to have to crush him, unfortunately. <laughs> if he's branching out into wrestling as a YouTube channel, I'm sorry. But you've now just put a, put a target on your back and we're going to have to annihilate you. This is like when TNA tried to... They got too big for their own boots and WWE were like, well, hang on, need to squash this now. Yeah, we need to bring back Brett, Brett Hart. <laughs> That's how serious this has got. Uh, let's get on with the show. It's going to be a little bit shorter and more condensed than usual because I'm on death's door and I can't go uh, very long without starting to keel over. 
and uh, coughing, just coughing, spluttering. You have been a coughing, uh, coughing, coughing, a, a coughing and spluttering man all mm. over this studio uh, for the last couple of days, where you have, um, I, I feel, dragged yourself in unnecessarily. So uh, I would have much rather you just stayed at home and get better. But like the trooper that you are, your love for the Swafter Nation has meant that you have dragged yourself in as well as stuff that needs to be done around the studio, dragged yourself in for the SWAP Nation so we can finally record our first Wrestle Ramble in over a week. So so that like usually I would make fun of you, like, I don't care about the SWAP Nation, be all cynical. But the truth is, weirdly, I feel like I haven't been hanging out with my friends. <laughs> like, I feel like I've just... like I've gen- Even though it's me and you here... Mm-hmm. I do feel like the camera is another person and whoever's watching at home, you are that other person. Usually so, disagreeing with us. Yeah, so and, and letting us know in the comments. So yeah, I do it does it does feel good to be back and it's good I, to have I really you back, I really man. wanted to do a wrestle ramble. So but yeah, it's gonna be shorter than usual. We're not gonna do a full recap of Raw and SmackDown. We're just gonna sort of give our overall impressions. I mean, let's be honest, there isn't that really that much to recap anyway. It's, well, we could just do Raw and then say, and pretty much the same thing happened on SmackDown. <laughs> there was a good main event. The Bludgeon Brothers are awesome. Fashion Files isn't on TV anymore. Mm. That's your three talking points. There's a mid-card triple threat match that's pretty much the same, and women's division. <laughs> Control-C, Control-V. Aha! Excellent. But before we get into that, there is a plug to do, because the Wrestle Talk magazine issue... DOS, if you don't speak Spanish, it's issue two, is out, available to order now. <coughs> it's in. I'm so excited. It's in. The link is in the video description below. It will take you right there. And it is the Wrestle Talk 100. So we have ranked the 100 best wrestlers in the world in order, based, you know, very subjectively on what we think, like the whole Wrestle Talk team. Uh, it's, yeah, it's big. We want to make that a big thing. And to promote that, we are we will be putting up an exclusive podcast tomorrow on the podcast feed with me, uh, Wrestle Talk Magazine's editor James Dixon, Power Slam's former editor Finn Martin. Finn Martin, big deal. He's like the English Dave Meltzer, and uh, inside the ropes is Kenny McIntosh. Inside the ropes, I've heard of them. Yes. They're on YouTube. Exactly, Kenny's great. Kenny's uh, very cool. Yeah. So, uh, and we all argue over our top twenty picks. That's going to be on the podcast tomorrow because it's audio only. We wouldn't just put up a something without beautiful video to enjoy. Uh, but yes, order the Wrestle Talk magazine issue two using the link below. What else is in the magazine, Ollie Davis? There's loads of stuff. There's our reviews, our Wrestle Talk video diaries, an exclusive video when we went to uh, Rev- we reviewed Rev Pro's Nights One and Night Two from Global Wars, absolutely, where we just essentially gushed over Keith Lee versus Tomohiro Ishii, which is such one of the best matches of uh, 2017. Yeah, and and we said like, why don't you, why don't you do 10 minutes of this review? <laughs> 25 minutes later, <laughs> yeah. uh, what a great video that lots is! Lots of rambling. Uh, we there's audio versions of some of the articles which we uh, we read off, don't we? We certainly do. Yeah, there's a really great article from Finn in there about Kurt Angle and mm. kind of like Kurt Angle's his entire career. Like, like he span like and like the the rise and the like uh, the the resurgence of Kurt Angle since he's come back to WWE. It's it's a really really great article. It is somehow a great read, a great listen, and a great watch all in one magazine. How is that possible? Order it using the link below. But let's get on with the raw review. Haha, <laughs> it's a raw review. Looking jacked, man. So rather than do a play-by-play recap of what happened on Raw and reviewing every minute detail, every like 
the 14 segments of Kurt Angle just looking at his phone, we're going to give our sort of overall impression and then dive into a few key storylines. I haven't even brought in my notes. What? I know that. I, I took detailed notes because I had to do the Raw and SmackDown mm. review this week, just as I do every single week. I take these detailed notes. They were like, hey, we're just going to talk about main talking points. I was like, notes? Who needs them? Just give me the point. I'll talk about them. Shooting from the hip. This is where you're going to fall, uh, completely fall over. I was going to kind of rely on you because my brain's really foggy and I'm dumb at the moment. That is, <laughs> I'm just my brain isn't working, so I'm going to say a lot of wrong things. I, well, I was I, kind of hoping you would correct them as I went through. I, but... I, will, I will still correct you because mm. I, my brain is mostly working. I mean, obviously, I'm still going to make mistakes because that's part of my gimmick. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I will do my best to, to put you on the straight and narrow. So this was, it felt like a, a big, a big... Well, it's a big show. It was uh, it, the, the night was structured around shield matches versus I'm calling them the Samoan Bar. Mm-hmm, yeah, because you've got Samoa Joe, Sheamus, and Cesaro, and they're all facing off against Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, and Roman Reigns. And it was a nice way to hold together the night. Yeah, I thought it was a good narrative structure. Rome, uh, Samoa Joe, who I'm just going to now dub the other Miz. Because you just think it's a, a hot tag. That's all he's done. Is the Miz is like, oh, I've got to do a movie. They're like, oh, but we need someone to fill the Miz role. Um, Joe, you go there now. Like, we'll just put, we'll just slot you in there. The dynamic remains the same because you're also now buddies with the bar, and the, we could just continue this feud, kind of like pretending the Miz is still here. I, I kind of disagree because Joe brings something. Oh, that's I don't know what fell over there. Uh, because Joe does bring something very different to oh, the I'm, table. I'm, I'm being facetious. Oh, are you? <laughs> yeah. See, not just dumb. I'm just not picking up on social cues. Either. No, no, I'm being facetious. I clearly know that Joe is better than Miz. Cool. And he does bring something different to the table. It's just funny how they've still got that same dynamic like friendship because they're like, ah, oh, because the heel, because the bar is still feuding with uh, death. So we're like, eh, suppose they better be friends now as well. Key word there. Still. <laughs> yeah. Like it kind of feels different because Samoa Joe's been added to this mix. But this really, at its core, is a tag team feud that's been going on since before SummerSlam. Yes, it has. This is ridiculous. It's like the Usos are new day. Oh, yeah, it's new because there's new teams added. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's the same. Just I, freshen it up a bit. I was listening to a podcast recently and they were talking about, they uh, made the point, like, oh, would you like to see um, a Cruiserweight Tag Team Division? And the other person was like, I don't want to hear about any more new belts until mm. I hear the words women's tag team division because they've only got like the women's belt on there at the moment and I just feel like that's a division that you should be growing rather than the cruiserweights. And they were like, and, like, and that'd be so great because you can get more women on TV. And my, obviously I can't argue with them because it's a podcast, much the same way that the SWAF Nation can't argue back with us while they're listening slash watching. But I, my, my first thought was just like, yeah, but the problem is, is that if you've got like, you know, eight women on the Ross, on the, the thing... Like as soon as these two feud, as soon as these two face off against each other, like then what do you do? Mm. Like do they just They're face not deep enough? No, it's not deep It'd be enough. Great if it was a, a shared roster because that's like sixteen to twenty really good female wrestlers. Absolutely, you can, you can certainly work with that. Mm. But uh, like with their tag team division, it's just they've got the bar and they've got uh, Shield, and that's about like Galanderson are nowhere to be seen. The revival is still out injured. Heath Slater and Rhino aren't really on TV anymore, and the Hardys are split. The Hardys are split, so. Like, you've just got these two teams. They just have to keep feuding. Our truth and gold dust. Oh, well, could have been. What could they have been? Could have carried the division. Don't you mean our truth and Brock Lesnar? Oh, yes. The, yeah, the, the <laughs> team everybody wants to see because our yeah. truth is so, so, so over. over. So, uh, so Dean Ambrose and Samoa Joe had a pretty decent match. 
I was just into it from the, the Jason Jordan element of the story. I'm really into this, this mm. kind of three-way feud between Reigns, Jordan, and Joe. I really like it. I described it in the Raw review as, like, Joe and Reigns are like these just two Samoan badasses, and then Jason Jordan is scrappy-doo. Just like, let me at him, let me at him, just trying to get into this fight while the adults are playing. I, I love it so much. Although there's something about scrappy-doo that is noble, like he's doing it from a good intention place. Whereas Jason Jordan is just a dick. <laughs> yeah. like, well, unfortunately, we didn't get to talk about Raw last week because I was off ill. I loved Raw from last week. I thought it was an excellent show. And the Jason Jordan stuff in this feud was, was like a big part of that. And he seems to have this new gimmick where he will apologise for something profusely. And you're like, yeah, but I don't believe it. And then, because the next line, he is immediately going back on everything he's just apologised for. In this show, he goes up to Kurt Angle and he he says, I'm sorry, I got angry at you last week for not letting me face Joe. And then in the next line, he goes, but you should have put me in there. (laughs) And it's just... It's very good is what I was trying to say. These these cough uh, jump cuts will happen quite a bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I really like this. He just feels like a, a petulant teenager, mm. just ready to slam his door, just being like, but I want the match. Door slam. I'm going to go in there and play my PlayStation now and hate my dad. Mm. I love it. I think it's a great character. Really good character. Really, really well portrayed by yeah, Jordan. Yeah, Jordan's really good in this role. Uh, and, and it sort of protected everyone, the Joe Dean... Uh, Jordan dynamic and Joe came off like a badass as well there was a moment right at the end of the finish uh, because Jordan sort of cost Dean the match at a visual he had a visual pin and so Dean Joe takes out Dean and Jordan on the outside with a dive he obviously Dean's the guy he wants to pin so he chucks him back in the ring sees Jordan lying on the ground sent Sent on on. (laughs) brilliant (laughs) loved it yeah really good Uh, but Seth Rollins and Sheamus had a pretty decent match, Oof, but oh man, we've seen it so many times. Like you were right with it saying like they were promoting this as a big show because it's WWE Week on the USA Network. I don't know if you've heard these mm. uh, them, them talking about this. They've kept it quite low key. Someone had a sign on SmackDown that said WWE Week. Oh, that was a plant. But did you not? Think, <laughs> no, no. I think it was just someone having a laugh. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. he's super into it. <laughs> WWE Week is over. But they were like, oh no, it's not because um, NXT's on at uh, USA Network tonight. Mm live well not live but you know it's been pre-taped anyway but uh, so they were having these big old matches announced but when they were announcing these big matches I was like yeah 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 oh Rollins versus Sheamus mm. like man I've se- I have I know it'll be good it'll be a really solid TV match but like I can close my eyes and see the match and yeah it, and good as it was I've, I've seen it 20,000 times but one combat so uh, Dean and Joe have never gone against each other apparently I don't really take WWE's word for it when they say things like that Mm -hmm. because you know that Abu Dhabi we'll talk about Abu Dhabi later Uh, but oh my word Roman Reigns versus Cesaro oh man was an excellent match so so good yeah like just both guys are just absolutely great like Roman Reigns is an an exceptional pro wrestler that's why I I said on Twitter yesterday I just think he's an exceptional pro wrestler but Cesaro's just on another level Mm. like he is a guy that people have said for years why don't they have a rocket strapped to this guy? Like, Paul Heyman's been saying it for so long, and you're like, yeah, why haven't they had a rocket strapped to him for so long? Because he's just amazing. And because he's been in this tag team with Sheamus now for, you know, well over a year, you know, 18 months, a year and Mm -hmm. a half, whatever, you kind of forget how great he is as a single star sometimes. And, like, this match was absolutely sensational. It was really well-structured. 
around, you know, this is a classic pro wrestling match. I'm going to target a body part and just work it over for the whole thing. And the babyface has to overcome that. And I thought he did it really well. There were some fantastic spots in that. The, uh, like, just those uppercuts to the arm. Yeah. Uh, what Roman Reigns did really well when, I can't remember, Cesaro had him, like, down ready for a neutralizer, was it? Mm-hmm. And Roman Reigns sort of ab-crunched up, went over, and then sort of turned this into a powerbomb. Yeah. It's magnificent. He's he's just very, very good. He's yeah. very, very good at what he does. It was a really, really good match, and both guys were sort of more over by the end of it, which Absolutely, is exactly yeah. what you want. Yeah, loved this. And again, it's this is we said this when he won the Intercontinental Championship and he started this open challenge. This just allows Roman Reigns to have the best match on TV every mm. week. I, I think it's a great way to get Roman over. Yeah. Uh, so next up, we have the next thing we're going to talk about very briefly is week two of Woken Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. This time with transitions. Yeah, that was that was misjudged. <laughs> yeah, like I, I said in the Raw review, I hope they have something better for next week because I, I don't tell many people this, but I didn't like the, the Woken Matt Hardy stuff from last week. What? And I liked it even less this week. You liked it in TNA though. I don't really think I saw it in TNA. Mm. Like, I really just saw it sort of from the periphery. I suddenly realised this when I had to do the broken Matt voice last week in the news. And you did an impression of an Indian gentleman. Well, someone said Japanese. A few other people have said Italian. Mm. Like, I, everything I, but every, Matt Hardy. Everything yeah. but Matt Hardy. Although some people, you know, a few people said it was all right. My mum yeah, was probably mm. one of them. Mm. Uh, your mum was one of them. Um, but, you know, there was... I, I suddenly realised when I had to read the voice, I was like, I think that last week on Raw was really my first exposure to full-on broken Matt Hardy because I just didn't watch any TNA. You just saw, you see bits here and there, you kind of watch the videos and stuff, mm. and you're like, well, this is pretty wacky. This is this is quite new and inventive. But then that was it, and then now and now I'm kind of seeing it in like in its all full glory on, on my TV each week, and I'm like, ooh, actually, it's quite annoying. It's just it's it's just an annoying voice and an, and an annoying laugh. I thought the first week was amazing. I thought it really captured... It just, it just like, and hearing the crowd really cheer that every was great. time Matt came yeah, on screen, that was great. and it was just the freshness, and it was so different from everything else on the show. Because last week's show, you know, it was like the first bit was a really solid singles match, men's singles match, then a really solid women's singles match, then a really solid cruiserweight match. It was like everything was different. Uh, this week just felt like everything was good, but all the same. Uh, it's one of my criticisms. One, one of the things that doesn't help this, sorry to interrupt. One of the things that doesn't help this is that whenever this these like promo things finish, cuts back to the announcers, and you got Michael Cogger like, oh. well, yeah. oh, he is certainly a little bit crazy now, isn't mm. he? Oh, oh, that Matt Hardy, whacker, whacker. I was like, well, all of a sudden this just seems like a complete joke. I mean, like yeah. I'm not into it already, but this just makes it feel like a complete joke. It significantly undermines yeah. anything they're trying to achieve. Having Cole do that, Corey, Corey's role is to put it over. But, yeah, having Michael Cole, who's meant to be the most trustworthy, who is anything but, uh, yeah, really, really undermines it. It, it was the same with the Fashion Files. Mm. Like, when you had Michael Cole on SmackDown Live for that week, when he had to introduce the Fashion Files, and he came back, and he was like, well, that was stupid. Mm. And you got Corey Graves going, like, this is dumb. And then you've got doofy Byron Saxon going, like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> and you're like, well, now I don't want to like it, because this dick likes it. Mm. So, uh, Woken Matt Hardy, week two. Uh, I loved it the first week. You didn't, you weren't impressed either weeks, but the second week definitely was less impressive. It's just goofy nonsense, and it's just it's those transitions really do slow down the pacing. Really, really misjudged. Like to have it in every time they cut back and forth. Yeah, sure. Like get it over. It's kind of cool graphic 
That could work really well as a start of a Titan trunk. Get it over. But not every 20 seconds for yeah. a four-minute period. Here's the one thing I will say I like about it. Mm. I like Matt's outfit, and I like his terrible background. Yeah. I like the fact he just looked like he's standing in front of curtains. Kind of like how we just sort of sit in front of this mm. naff background here. That I really like about it. I uh, It kind of gave me flashbacks to uh, Darren Young and Bob Backlund. And how at the start we we're like, this is awesome. And then four weeks later we we're like, they haven't got anything else they're doing, <laughs> have they? Damn. Well, you, you suddenly, you've slaughtered this to death. Well, yeah, you suddenly realise because if they're building this towards like a pay-per-view match, mm. then are they going to do that at the Royal Rumble? Or are they going to save it to the Elimination Chamber? Because that means if they're saving it to the Elimination Chamber, we're not having a match between the two until middle of February. Mm. So that's like, you know, two and a half months they've got to build this. Raw 25th anniversary. You reckon that's when they'll do it? Well, you know, that, that seems to be a, the logical point where you blow off a lot of your secondary feuds before the Rumble. I, I, I hope it is. Uh, so Absolution and Asuka. Yeah, uh, what a segment this was. Um, certainly a lot of to like dive into and discuss on this one, I suppose. Asuka was out there. She was supposed to have a match with Alicia Fox. And then Absolution came out. And they did the gimmick from the other week where they were like, oh, I'm sorry, but the person you're supposed to be fighting, I, I don't know where they are. Where are they? And then turn around, they're on the screen going mm. like, oh, ouchie, my arm. A really bad selling job. Like, it wasn't like... I like those bits to be them down on the floor, people rushing around them. Quick, get help, medic! But this was Alicia Fox going, yeah, it's sort of. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a bit stiff. I'll be honest, like, okay, so yesterday, it's it's very frosty and icy mm. in London at the moment. I slipped on the way home yesterday. Like a proper, like, woof, like Ooh. off my feet, landed right on my hip, worried I'd smash my laptop because my laptop was in my bag. And I was like, oh man, it was a proper, like, hard mm. fall. And when I got home, because I was only about, like, uh, I was about you know 10 meters away from my house i walked through the door and i turned to my wife and i was like oh, i fell over my arm's a bit sore actually that hurt quite a bit and that was more or less what yeah. alicia fox was doing it was like she just kind of slipped over on some water hit her on the floor was like oh ah that's a bit of a stinger absolution didn't jump you today <laughs> yeah that's what it was Charlotte, and then i fell over i think um, there are worse fates than being jumped <laughs> by absolution so um yeah so alicia fox was there she was kind of doing a bit of an ouchy thing then absolution came down to the ring and they said to ask her you either get you either join us or you get out the ring you get out of our way blah mm. blah blah blah." and then ask was like nope and it was great because Asuka just stood there and was like if you want to try and fight me you can i wouldn't recommend it and then she did and then she just kicked all three of their asses it was mm. absolutely awesome and then Paige dives in woof armbar oh it was so great but of course the numbers game got on top of Asuka and they beat her down and then that's where I kind of wish the segment had ended yeah I wish it was just an absolution beatdown, and then it'd be like oh man absolution laid waste to Asuka like Asuka's never been in this situation before but it was the numbers game it wasn't like Asuka mm. didn't lose because she's bad. It was just it was a three on one attack. Like of course she's not going to win this sort of thing. And that's where I kind of wish they'd left it. And then Asuka can run through Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville before getting to Paige. That, that seems great. But no, what happened was Sasha Banks's music hits. Um, thankfully, she had that first ever women's match in Abu Dhabi, which is why she got this sort of uh, this moment. You know, it wasn't the first. Know, yeah. Well, so my TNA had one. Michael Cole correctly said. Michael Cole correctly said it was the first ever women's championship match right. in Abu Dhabi. But Stephanie McMahon and everyone else was just like, no, it's the first ever women's match in Abu Dhabi. But yeah, TNA had one in twenty. Yeah. So uh, in so I think they said the Middle East, but in the United Emirates, uh, United Arab Emirates in twenty ten, the beautiful people took on Sarita and Madison Brain for TNA. But as Byron Saxon told us on SmackDown, 
If it didn't happen in WWE, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. just doesn't True. count. Fair play. Fair play. So anyway, Sasha Banks runs down with the rest of the women's locker room, including, oddly, Alexa Bliss and mm. Nia Jax. We'll come on to that in a bit. They kind of beat up Absolution and send them packing, and then all stand there, united as women, because you're only allowed to have one storyline in WWE. Yeah. You've got your one storyline. Here it is. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it, it's a shame because like this is a good story in about two, a month, two months' time. When Asuka's real, like the numbers game keeps getting the better of her, and the rest of the women's division has been completely ransacked. But it's only three, four weeks after Absolution's debut, and you've got all the women's division uniting against them. Not just the women's division, but the main heels of the women's division. Like, they're the last ones you want to bring on as the big roaring, yes, we're going to get them. Plus, it's eight on three. <laughs> yeah. You don't need that many women. Like, you could have you could have made it a five or six on three. Oh, we've got a t shirt down. Uh, rather than adding Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss in there. Absolutely yeah, baffling. Especially because, like, A, Alicia Fox was out there. I thought you were hurt. Yeah, that was another thing. Yeah, yeah. Alicia Fox was out there. Nia Jax, I thought the whole point of you being with Enzo is we can keep you away from mm-hmm. Absolution mm-hmm. and just, like, put you into this comedy role in, in 205 Live for a bit. But Alexa Bliss, correct me if I'm wrong, but the past couple of weeks she's seen, seen Absolution she's like, don't want any part of this. Yeah. And has walked away. That's been her character, which has been a really nice, like, addition to the Alexa Bliss character. But nope, here she is, just, you know, united with the other ladies of Raw to beat down Paige and the other two. It's a really throwaway payoff to to that nice storyline. Yeah, I, I, and then to make matters worse, this whole segment had been designed to put Asuka over strong, mm. so they end it with Nia Jax's music. I was like, yeah, you were so close. You had all the elements there, but then you you spunked it all yeah. up. It, re- it got me more than usual that Sasha Banks's music played yeah. when they ran out. I don't know, like some weeks that's fine with me, but this week. <laughs> and lastly, as the main event, we had Kane versus Braun Strowman, who went to a no uh, well a no contest via double countout. So we still don't know who's going to face Brock Lesnar. Well, I assume it's a triple threat match. Well, it is. That's what Dave Meltzer said. Yeah, they're the current plan. Yeah, they're going with a triple threat match. Um, yeah, when they announced this match, like ahead of time, they were like, "It's going to be Strowman versus Kane to face uh, Brock Lesnar." I instantly was like, "God, I hope Kane wins." Because I don't want Braun Strowman winning just so Lesnar can beat him again at the Royal Rumble because yeah. like that's the last thing that Braun needs right now. I mean, honestly, like, him being in a three-way and losing that as well isn't going to do him many favours either, even if Kane is only there to eat the pinfall, which is fine. That's a that's a perfectly fine mm. role to, to use Kane in. So that's 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 one thing. I, I'm not... Like, like, Finn Balor's there. Yeah. Like, Finn Balor... Cesaro's there. Why but can't Cesaro- Finn Balor be in the three-way yeah. instead of Kane? yeah. Like, there's a hundred other guys that you could have put into this. But, yeah, they've I gone... I think it's a spelling mistake. They meant to write Demon King. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone got the call sheet wrong. Yeah, that's probably what it was. But, yeah, here we are. Kane in another main event. And they, they just sat... They had a fairly fun brawl. I was hoping it was going to build to a stairs match. But um, it doesn't seem to be the case. And, um, yeah, it was just... Here it was. Like, it, it, it was what it was. And I'm, I'm not that fussed. I don't want to see this match at the Royal Rumble, even as a triple threat match, because... I just don't want to see Braun consistently lose. Like that's mm. Austin Aries said on the uh, the, the Talk is Jericho podcast when did the interview. It's like once you've lost twice and you've you've gone for a title and you've lost twice, what's next for you? Like you you're just a loser. Well, at least they kind of had like a semi intriguing match. This was the best of their encounters so far. Mm-hmm. I really liked the uh, the monstrous. Well, I didn't like it. It was just kind of cheesy, stupid. The tale of the tape before the match, and they had the monstrous moment <laughs> yeah. at the bottom. Braun's was. Uh, Tipping over an ambulance, and Kane was crushing Strowman in a garbage truck. Kane has had more monstrous moments than mm. that in his career. Come on now, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the that they had a sort of no sell a thon in the actual <laughs> match, yep. and then afterwards as well, lots of 
chokeslam kickouts with some awful announcing. Mm. Michael Cole and Corey Graves were like having a competition. Who could be more impressed with people kicking out of a, a chokeslam? There was one moment in this match that I really liked, and that was the double sit-up spot. It was what like, I was going to come on to, yeah. Kane did his sit-up, and that was great. And then it just like they waited the perfect amount mm. of time before Braun did his. It was absolutely awesome. And then Braun like properly sassily went, yeah. what? <laughs> and looked over at him. And, and Kane, to his credit, sold that magnificently by scurrying away on his back legs. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, like sort of Triple H when uh, Undertaker kicks out of the... Yep. Was it the Tombstone at WrestleMania? Yes, whatever? that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, um, I think there was a moment in this match as well when Bro- uh, Booker T said, um, like, uh, oh, man, no one's handled Strowman the way mm. that Kane's handling him right now. It's like, mm, do we have that Brock Lesnar fuse earlier this year that Strowman lost? So... I think technically, actually, that um, Lesnar's handled um, uh, Strowman better than Kane did. I just remembered something I was going to say earlier. I'm going to steal a joke. Can't remember who it was from on Twitter. They said uh, Kane, uh, Brock Lesnar versus Kane is the most Royal Rumble title match since Brock Lesnar versus Bob Holly. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Like, uh, we've said it before, but the Royal Rumble, the Rumble's the selling point. So you can have these sorts of title matches in there. So I think having Kane in there, it's like, you know, they've had Brock Lesnar versus Big Show on mm. a Royal Rumble one year. It's, just, it's your use of Lesnar, gets Kane out of the Rumble. It gives you a title match. It's a nice quick win for uh, for Lesnar. You could put it over strong as Lesnar's taking out another legend with one F5. Brilliant for a video package when you're leading into WrestleMania when Roman finally kicks out of it. It's a SmackDown review, Magal, I love it. We got us a flying Uso. And SmackDown was pretty much the same. 
So let's yeah. get out of here. That's that's done. <laughs> Man alive! Like what a boring show SmackDown was this week. Mm. Like a really boring show, with the exception of the main event, which I really liked, and I quite like the uh, the Yep movement. Yeah. Just overall, man, just what a boring show. It's uh, like SmackDown was always the wrestling show. That's where you would go to watch the wrestling matches. But in recent weeks, that's become Raw's remit with these fantastic 10 to 15, 20 minute long matches. And SmackDown's kind of like the place you go to watch commercial breaks. Yeah, man, it was an ad break heavy thing. Mm. But every segment was just, it was the same thing. It was like, he's here are the participants in your pay-per-view match. Here, one of them is on commentary. And yeah. then... They somehow get involved. First match ends with a DQ because the guest commentator gets involved. Second match gets a DQ because the guest commentator gets involved. It's like you're just doing the same thing over and over and over again. I, th- I found it to be a very, very dull show. It was not just dull, but also lazy. Oh, God, so and, lazy. And it just like, obviously, there's the women's division parallels with Raw. And in the United States title feud, sorry, the Intercontinental... T- no, it's United States. United States title feud. That sort of mirrors what's... It's, it's another triple threat thing with what's going on on Raw. Not only that, but they did the exact same thing they did last week with the guest commentator getting in and causing a disqualification. And, like, the match went 90 seconds. Mm. Like, 90 seconds? What was the point? Yeah. Like, what was the point of doing that? You could say that about so many matches here because it would be 90 seconds with an ad break in the middle. Yeah. Uh, the tag match, the women's match. Yeah, not a good show. And this is your go-home show. <laughs> I thought WWE figured this out. They had such good go-home shows for Survivor Series. Yep. Remember Survivor Series? <laughs> remember, remember Survivor Series. Who thought we would be saying that when we were all pooing all over it yeah. the three weeks before and then uh, they, they changed everything for the better? Uh, well, yeah, but here we are. It's SmackDown Life, but I suppose the first topic is to talk about is the, uh, the, the, the Riot Squad mm-hmm. versus the Women's Division, which is the exact same thing they did on Raw. And, I mean... It was bad enough when they first, like they both debuted in the same week with the, almost the same angle, and then and the same look and the same look, yeah. And then you've got, I just couldn't believe it when the Riot Squad took over and all the other women came out and beat them up, yeah. all the heels no less. And I was like, I mean, come on, guys, yeah. like what? What were you thinking? It's a shame as well because I feel like Paige is trying to work her way back into the establishment. Like that sort of this is the only real difference. Whereas Ruby Riot and Sarah Logan and Liv Man- Morgan. Liv Morgan. <laughs> and Mandy Rose. <laughs> no. Uh, I've, got, I've got a meal, man. Oh, sorry, man. Uh, their, their thing, because they're all so new, they don't have a existing connection with the main roster. It feels like they're more anti, anti-establishment. anti So why they're now lumberjacks sort of doing the... Ta- I, feel, I feel like they're too connected to Natalia, and I know they're probably going to turn on them as well, but I just... They shouldn't be in this position. I loved it. At, at this phase in their in their on their last view. week's show when you had Daniel Bryan and you had them all standing in a row. Yeah, and um, he's there going like, "Oh, quiet! I don't want to hear any more of this." Look, because they're all going like, "We want a title shot. We want a title shot." Mm. So he then went, "You're all going to be lumberjacks in the match," and all of them went like, "Oh, that's great." Yeah, like, huh. okay. that's what I wanted. <laughs> I was like, "No, it's not. You want a title shot. Mm. This has put you." further away from the championship match because it's not even like you're facing for a number one contendership or anything you're further away than when you went into this meeting yeah and uh, because we didn't get to talk about it last week Sarah Logan is (laughs) incomprehensible I mean yeah I mean I'm I'm hardly one to talk for accents but oof she's turned that up there's no way that's a real accent (laughs) she someone said be a stereotype yeah Okay. Yeah. She, <laughs> it's like, so you're from, you're from the deep south, right? I sure am. 
can you turn that up? Yeah. Can you dial that up ever so slightly? So I want you to say words, but barely make some of them audible. And just like, and you just pick out certain things. You're like, I think she said womp rats. Yeah. Like, uh, did she shoot them with her T16 fighter back home? Like, I can't quite make out what she said. Something about a chair? Go back and watch last week's one, because I swear she asks Daniel Bryan, have you ever tasted gay meat? <laughs> and someone's done like a, a sort of bad translation of everything. Yeah. To, what it sounds like a phonetic description and yes it's stuff like that like <laughs> what about the gay meat Daniel Bryan <laughs> uh, fashion files what the hell moved off TV man because why put something popular and over on TV when you can put that on WWE.com it's a we, have you, you've watched the segment right it's a great one yeah it's really good it's one of the best ones in a while and you know what it, the, the most insane thing not only does it explain how the ascension are back which was a really good gag with... Uh, let me let me get it up. You've got notes here? I've, I have got my notes, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the Ascension go... Well, it turns out the wasteland is full of two things. Sadness and poison gas. Poisonous gas. And we're immune to poisonous gas. <laughs> Implying they, they were susceptible to sadness. But the most criminal thing about this is this is the payoff. This is the payoff episode. To a storyline that's been going for six months. They finally, Breezango finally accept that it's the Bludgeon Brothers that have been tormenting them. It's kind of implied that they knew that all along, but they were just trying to skirt around facing them. Well, man, but you know what? It was popular and over, so that can't go on TV. Like Finn Balor, because he's got to have competitive matches with comedy jobbers. Mm. Oof, don't get me started on that one. But um, yeah, it's it, it's a real shame. But, you know, we're going to get Breezango versus uh, the Bludgeon Brothers at the pay-per-view this Sunday this yeah. Sunday you know one week's worth of well I say I mean you could say one week's worth of build technically it's been six months worth of build but really let's be honest it's one week's worth of build and the Bludgeon Brothers had a great squash match they sent in with Colin Delaney yeah from ECW fame Ooh. or WWE ECW fame now with shorter hair and we've got to do a shout out to the the other lad uh, the other guy who screamed <laughs> brilliantly when he got his selling of Eric mm. Rowan was absolutely superb like that's what you want from a jobber yeah that's, like that's James Ellsworth levels yeah I did feel like Colin Delaney just sort of put in a call to WWE after James Ellsworth been fired like do you, do, you need a jobber like remember me remember your ECW jobber um, so yeah I mean it's it is pretty sad that the fashion files are, are now on YouTube but hey they're going to be on pay-per-view they're, do, they're doing better than Mojo Rawley and Zack Ryder are because pre-show baby pre-show baby weren't even featured on TV they had their breakup two weeks ago or was it three weeks ago and haven't been on TV since like so good job guys I hope that 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 split's working out for you kick off so as a Bludgeon Brothers fan though you love yeah, them yeah I do love them uh, how do you feel about them going up a up against a comedy act for their debut paper, their first proper match be- well what I want this to be I want this to be a attempt at a comedy match but the Bludgeon Brothers just absolutely decimating them. Mm. Just like trying to use their comedy wackiness, but the Bludgeon Brothers just aren't having any of it because they've got hammers and cool music. And when they have a t-shirt, I will be buying one. I think that works if the Bludgeon Brothers are a badass, really threatening, big guy gimmick monster destruction thing. Do you not think they are? No, because they've got the hammers. <laughs> the hammers makes them inherently ridiculous. I'd Still well, awesome and fun. Disagree. But ridiculous. Disagree. So I think strong disagree. I think there's it's like there's there's already they're already too much on the you see what my hands doing there? It's like a wave thing. Well podcast listeners can't. No, they can't. Well podcast listeners, imagine a wave thing with my hands. And like balancing on a tightrope of believability. And they're they're doing it at the moment, but they do have hammers, which <laughs> which is sort of making the balancing difficult. 
So when you put them with a comedy act, it's going to it's going to bring that out. I'm just, I mean, hopefully they can pull it off. They're all very talented. I hope they, they I'm sure they can. Strong but I disagree. Wouldn't, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done it. Uh, well, I mean, I, I look forward to and I will say this. I think that I, I look forward to seeing them kill a credible tag team. Mm. So the main storyline was Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and the yep movement yes loved this i love the fact they had the the daniel bryan t-shirts mm. but like i didn't i thought they were legit t-shirts at first and it was only until they were in the ring i was like oh no those are just daniel bryan t-shirts but they've just like stapled paper over the uh the s oh, really? oh i missed that yeah yeah because if you own the back you could see daniel bryan's logo ah. at the top of the t-shirt which i thought was a really nice touch mm. um so yeah I, I i thought it was a really cool gimmick like it was you know they're inspired by their general manager trying to side with mm. him but there are these issues with this feud, as was brought up a lot in the comments section of my SmackDown review last week, which is that, yeah, Shane McMahon's the babyface in all this, and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are the heels, when actually they kind of feel like the babyfaces, and Shane McMahon is the tyrannical heel. Yeah, totally, and very neglectful of his job. He's not a good. He's not like charismatic anymore. He's just quite an annoying screen presence. Thank God Shane was here for the uh, the go home show this week, right? Yes, yeah, as well. Uh, so we will now have Daniel Bryan announce this two special guest referees. Yep, in a tag match. So it's going to be six people in and around the ring, and four people in the ring at all times, which apparently is what the uh, is it, as a tornado tag. In the, no, well, it's going to be two referees and the people. Yeah, but you said four people in the ring. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right. Okay, I'm with you now. The, part, the partners on ringside. Yeah, yeah, do apologize. The actual, the, apparently the tag match, though. That's four in the ring. That's rings. four in the ring. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. As so, long as it's not like the Survive Series 1998 tag mm, team match that you and I reviewed for the uh, Patreon podcast. Where no one knows what the rules are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that, I mean, that is, uh, they, they were making a big thing. That's the first time ever. And I thought, yeah, but there's probably a reason it hasn't been done before. That mm. sounds inherently ridiculous. Like, maybe, a no-disqualification match where Sami Zayn's banned from ringside. Yep, or a Falls Count Anywhere Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is all around Shane McMahon. It's like, <laughs> uh, he needs he needs stipulations and gimmicks on his matches. Just chuck them all. <laughs> throw them all at the wall. They're looking at like all the smoke and mirrors that they possibly can do, but are confusing what smoke and mirrors are. Yes. Do you think uh, Shane McMahon will do a high spot off of Daniel Bryan? Is that why this gimmick's been added? Someone, someone's going through that announcer's table mm-hmm. via a Shane McMahon elbow off the top of Daniel Bryan. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I liked, I liked the flyering. I liked the little leaflets. Uh, Ko and Sammy were given out to people. I liked how nobody came out to support them. I thought Bryan's work on commentary for the main event of Nakamura versus Owens was very, very good. It really like sort of punctures through the WWE corporate speak bubble. Uh, you were talking about. Shane McMahon being the heel and Brian Owens and Zane being the sort of faces, really. And Byron Saxton was meant to be the face. But Daniel Bryan came off as the, the face, the credible person. And Byron sounded like an idiot on commentary. But again, Byron is there as the babyface commentator mm. who's there going like, Shane McMahon is doing brilliant things in the, for this brand. He's a, great, he's a great commissioner. I'm fully behind all the decisions that he makes. He's a great boss. He signs my checks. And then you've got Daniel Bryan and heel commentator Corey Graves siding with Daniel yeah. Bryan and siding with the other heels. But it's such a weird dynamic of just like the morals are all messed up in this. Because then you've got Daniel Bryan going like, you know, I had this, a match with Kevin Owens 10 years ago in front of 300 people. And he tried to gouge my eyes out. He tried to tear my eyes out. I don't forget that sort of thing. And then Byron's like, yeah, but it didn't happen in WWE. So like, but what? Yeah. So it doesn't so it doesn't count anymore. So we as the fans are going like, but that does count. Mm. 
shut up byron but yet he's supposed to be the baby face guy it's a weird dynamic but he's a stooge like oh, he's he's, a complete everything stooge. he's said is quite transparently a stooge it's the sort of thing that jerry lawler would say but not so like he'd have a more subtle thing and jerry lawler was playing a heel back in the yeah exactly 90s. again he was the heel yeah it's uh it's but, but the problem is like brian Owens, Zane, they're doing really good work with this storyline. It's very fascinating. Don't really know where Brian's going to go. There are loads of equal opportunities that all make sense that they could take this storyline in. Uh, I don't like that the stipulation is that Owens and Zane will be fired from WWE. I'd have preferred it to have been from SmackDown because that telegraphs, well, they're not going to get fired from WWE. And if they are, it won't mean anything. because They'll, they'll just be come back. back, yeah. Whereas if it's from SmackDown, that, that creates genuine intrigue. Mm-hmm. Ooh, they could actually go to Raw, which is something that they were kind of teasing at Survivor Series in the yeah, YouTube videos. No, I, I absolutely agree. And then but what I, there's a moment in this match that I really like. I actually thought it was a really fun match between Nakamura and Owens. I, yeah. I was really enjoying it. But there's a great, just a little subtle moment. Byron lost his mind over it, obviously. But like when Brian puts the referee's shirt on, mm. Nakamura hits a kick and has Owen pinned. And Brian hesitates for just a moment he looks doesn't slide in then slides in and counts into two counts like oh no it's just a two count but and, like it was if he'd have got slid in at the same at the right time then Owens probably would have been pinned and Nakamura would have won so then you got Byron Saxton the baby face going like Brian can't be trusted you mm. can't trust Brian in this match he's not he's not on our side he's not a good guy yeah and, but like you know you can e- equally argue the opposite that old Brian was checking on the referee seeing if he could make the Pin, you know, oh, but this yeah, is after he like, put the shirt on, like so it yeah. was, he had to make that call again, which is a heel move. But I think there's enough doubt in there that it's still, it's still a grey area. Like he hasn't done anything definitively heel yet. Like, no, that no, could no. Be justified either way. It's, it's, it's all great. Everyone's doing great, apart from Shane McMahon, <laughs> who is just, who's non-existent. He wasn't even here this week. He's a he's a charisma vacuum other weeks. And based on the conversations that Daniel Bryan had when he was on commentary, like that one phone call that we saw Daniel Bryan have with Shane was the only time they spoke all night, mm. which means that Shane wasn't watching the show either. Because it was like, oh, uh, does Shane, what does Shane think about you um, being the general manager, uh, being the special guest referee? He's like, well, I haven't spoken to him. I was like, well, I'm pretty sure if Shane was really annoyed about it, he would have tried to call. I'm going to go for Raw. I thought... Uh... Roman Reigns and Cesaro was terrific. I really enjoyed the Jason Jordan stuff. Although it was a bit of a boring show, I still thought, uh, you know, it, that could have been an excellent two-hour show. Yeah, uh, I'm also going to go Raw. The Roman Reigns, pretty much going to echo exactly what you mm. said. Whereas I think, like, Raw was an average show. SmackDown was a boring show. So, yeah, Raw almost wins by default. The two sweetest words in the English language. Talking little show, much shorter than usual, but um, I, although I feel that there wasn't that much to dive into with Raw outside of the main talking points. Oh, come off it. There was so... We find it. We can, I, <laughs> I really missed uh, not being able to dive into every little segment. Into every segment. Yeah, because yeah. I love talking about the in-depth ramifications of this major storyline and that, but I also like the really crap backstage stuff. Yeah. Because it's awful, and we can make fun of that, but we didn't get a chance... Hardly any Booker T mentions. No, well, do you know what? I didn't actually have a lot of Booker T notes uh, this week. Um, there was only one thing that I really liked about Booker T this week, which is when Drew Gulak came out and he was shaking hands with everyone and he went, Mr. T? Yes. And, and then he, as he sat down, Booker just under his breath went, Booker. Yeah. yeah. Which is great. We didn't get to talk about anything to do with Drew Gulak. Oh, and he I'm, was brilliant. What, what a star that mm. man is. 
But let's uh, let's close this off with a very short review. Thankfully, can you get through it? Yeah, I think I. <coughs> no, no, there it is. <laughs> it's performance anxiety. You set me up to fail. <laughs> it's from Lee Bosley, who, with the title "It's Good Update," almost a month on, I still like it. They haven't got crap. Thanks. Good review. Nice review, nice review Lee. Lee. I like that one. Like it. We'll be back on Saturday with Clash of Champions reviews and hopefully less no, we coffee. We've got, we've got predictions. Predictions. Now, yeah. I'm going to review the show. <laughs> well, before it yeah, even comes yeah, out. before it happens. Yeah. I'm gonna, I reckon I can accurately predict it. Right, we'll see what happens. We'll see you on Saturday. Love you. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.